It's time to get up and get your day started. Morant. Oh! A jawbreaker! It's Sports 56 Mornings with Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. The first hour of Sports 56 Mornings is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Now, here are your hosts, Greg and Eli. Get up every morning What a weekend in the world of sports. I mean, crazy. Hope you had a great weekend. We are here to talk about it. Little thing we call Sports 56 Mornings. The Monday, December 4th, 2023 edition. Three weeks from Christmas. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Family Leisure's annual Christmas sale going on right now. Excellent deals on everything from pool tables to saunas. Surprise the kids with a new arcade game table or play gym for Christmas. Check them out at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. And the first hour of the program is brought to you by our friends at East Memphis Ace Hardware. On the program today, Barrett Salee at 825, and I'm sure... He has some things to talk about from the world of college football. Other than Barrett, no other guest scheduled. That means plenty of time to take your calls, read your texts at 901-360-8255. Also, you can hit us up on social media, at Twitter, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, most uh, social media networks. You can hit us up on our website, sportsmemphis.com, many different ways to get in touch with us. What are we going to talk about? Well, college football, of course. The playoff is now set. The bowl games are set. We will discuss that. The portal opens up today officially. Yes, lots of things in college pigskin. We'll get to the NFL in hour number three. Some big showdowns, including that Philadelphia-San Francisco battle. The Memphis Tigers basketball team lose on the road again in Oxford. It's a bugaboo going down there for them, and they lose 80-77 to on Saturday. We will discuss that. It was also a bad weekend for... A lot of ranked teams around the college basketball world. The Grizzlies split two, winning in Dallas on Friday and then losing in Phoenix on Saturday, getting closer to the return of John Morant. We'll talk some Grizzlies and NBA. That's all coming up on the program today. Good morning. Good morning. How was your weekend? My weekend was good. Solid. I went down to Oxford, of course, on Saturday. Uh, yesterday, was able to... Uh, Watch the football and then got uh, got stuck with hanging Christmas lights. A little sore today. To crawl around my roof a lot yesterday. Did it you really? A, doing a lot of doing a lot of work yesterday. It was a it was a it was a battle, but it got all the Christmas lights up. I think most of them anyway. My wife called Window Genie. Window Genie does Christmas lights as well, so they put up the lights and. There's no way I'm going up there on the roof and doing that stuff. No, good for you. My wife's mad that I didn't help her with the decorations last night, although they haven't gone up yet. But I was uh, I was busy watching television. Come on now. Don't bother me on a Sunday when we have all the big announcements from college football. And then we had the NFL all the way into the Sunday night game last night. The Packers upset of the Chiefs. So I was busy. Mr. Zach Boyd, how was your weekend? Weekend was very chill for the most part. Yeah, no, uh, no hanging decorations like Thank Eli God did. I don't have to climb up on top of my roof. <laughs> Eli thinks he's Chris Kringle. Yeah, no, climbing up on happening. roofs, my going roof, down roofs. Yeah, the roof, the, the roof of my house is too, uh, too hilly, so it's, it's going up and down. Oh, is it really? Okay, that's not happening. Mine's right. too steep. Mine's fairly steep on one side. 
I got stung by a bee while I was doing it too. It was a, was a, it was a battle. It was a battle out there. Well, the weather was really nice, so the bees and the bugs and all that are probably confused. They're like, wait, are we supposed to be dead now, or what? are we coming back alive? He was what? not confused when I put my hand on top of him. What to do? <laughs> he got me. He knew exactly what to do. I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. Well, yesterday was uh, quite interesting to say the least. So I want to begin with college football. In fact, uh, I would imagine the, the bulk of our conversation, at least early in the show, will be about that. Then we'll dive into the Tigers and basketball and all that good stuff. We know that the Tigers football team will be playing in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. That was the word that had been out for numerous days. And it was all a matter of what the SEC ended up doing. But it will be Memphis Iowa State rematch from 2017 in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. Yesterday, a Zoom presser, Ryan Silverfield, head football coach, Laird Veach, athletics director, along with Steve Earhart, the executive director of the AutoZone Liberty Bowl. They were all giddy. They were all happy. I can understand from the Memphis standpoint, you're not spending much money. You're getting a bigger chunk of the check. Remember, they don't get the entire check. They get a bigger chunk, lump sum. Here's the thing, though. The American Conference will not be getting money from the New Year's Six as Liberty gets the nod over SMU after SMU stunned Tulane. And they stunned Tulane so much that Willie Fritz left town, became the new Houston coach. But I digress. Memphis going to the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game, I guess, is good for most people. I don't know if you gave the players each a hit of truth serum, they probably would say, for the most part, the higher percentage, yeah, I'd rather go out of town from a broadcasting standpoint. i much rather go to Fenway just to actually go there, even in the dead of winter. But staying at home is staying at home. That means I get to spend Christmas with my family and have Christmas dinner and all that good stuff. But they're staying home, and uh, they're happy, and they get a chance to play a Power 5 conference team. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I've said all along. I, from a, if I was a player, I would not want this. But from a university perspective, it's one hundred percent the best thing for them financially. Um, and you know, for fans, obviously, it's not an opportunity to go out of town. But for a lot of fans that wouldn't be able to go out of town to go watch them, they get an opportunity now to see them um, because they are playing at home. Iowa State will bring a great crowd. They always do when they come here. They'll drink a bunch of Bush Light. They'll have a good time. They'll bring money to the city. So they are uh, great to have them as the opponent as well. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it works out for the bowl game. It works out for the university, um, all that stuff. I, again, I'd if I was a player, I wouldn't be so happy, but it is what it is. Memphis has been designated as the visiting team, so that's going to be weird. I don't know the figures, and I really don't care to know the figures from back in 2017. As you mentioned, Iowa State came storming into town, and those folks from Ames, they spent a lot of money on hotels, restaurants, beer. But I wonder financially how much of a hit it is for hotels and things of that nature when it's only one of two teams that are coming in from outside the Memphis area. When it's the hometown team, you're losing that part of the money. So I imagine it's a lot less than what it would be if you have two schools coming in from outside the area. Yeah, I don't I don't know as far as hotels go. I do know that um I remember going to the uh parade that year and 
you couldn't move um, pretty much anywhere on Beale Street because it was all packed with Iowa State fans. Yeah, I remember you telling me, and I think I questioned why the hell you were at the parade, but I still have never been to one of those parades. But that's great that they take it all in, they enjoy themselves. That's what it's all about, right? And if you look at the the games, if you look at the bowl games and the matchups, and this isn't the first year, but it's very evident how they try to keep teams within the relative general vicinity of where they are located and things of that nature. I mean, sometimes they have to look outside the box, but certainly they they do their best to try to make it economically sound for teams because a lot of schools will not be bringing a lot of fans. A lot of these bowl games are small bowl games. It's obviously during the holidays. People don't have that extra income, so they're trying to keep or at least defray the costs as much as they can. Well, a lot of these bowl games, I mean, the only way the teams make any money is by selling tickets. So, like, that's your payout for the bowl. So they got to do something to give them an opportunity to try and sell some tickets. Yeah, and they're going to sell some, certainly. And they're probably going to hit, a lot of people are going to hit their allotment. But what I'm saying is it's a lot easier for a fan to go to a bowl game that's in the general vicinity of of where they are located as opposed to going across the country. I mean, it's tough for people just to pick up and go to Hawaii and wherever the case may be. But, yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy for Memphis. They're excited about it. It is interesting, though, when you think about it, and we have talked to Harold numerous times about how it all works, but once the decision was made that the SEC was not going to give Memphis an SEC team – by the way, that's a story within a story, that in this pool of six bowls, they are always last. If there's one bowl that doesn't get an SEC school, it's always them. But they've gone to the well twice now with Memphis in the last six years. So not a bad consolation, if you will, to be able to you know, call in the, uh, the closer from the bullpen, which happens to be the University of Memphis. But you have that, and that's... Um, and that's great. And for me, it's fantastic. Now, Maryland, my alma mater, is coming to Nashville. And they're playing Auburn in the Music City Bowl. That is the day after the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game. But I know Auburn was a school that Harold has talked about and that they were very interested in. But again, whether it be because it's not an NFL stadium or whatever the case may be, they always seem to get the shaft a little bit when it comes uh, to the SEC. But we will go over some of the other bowl games a little bit later on, including where some of these SEC schools will be headed. But we do know this. There are four SEC teams that are involved in New Year's Six slash playoff games. And I wondered about that, and I questioned that, and I said, shouldn't Ole Miss be able to get in as well as Missouri, Georgia, Alabama? And I don't know if you... You said they wouldn't be able to, or maybe you just said, I didn't think they would. But I know that, um, I I thought to myself, why couldn't they? Because it's a selection. So they ended up getting in. So Ole Miss is going to a New Year's Six Bowl. Missouri is. Georgia is. And we know that Alabama is going into the four-team playoff. And boy, if that wasn't controversial yesterday, finally the committee had to make a choice. And I'm so glad that there was some chaos because they have had it on easy street seemingly every single year. 
And I want to see what happens. I wanted to see what happens. And let's be honest, Bill Hancock, in his final year as the executive director of the college football playoff, came out and said, it's the best four teams. It's the best four teams, which is obviously subjective. And when you heard the announcement yesterday and saw the announcement, in their opinion, it was the four best teams because it certainly wasn't the four most deserving teams. And I went to town on Twitter, and I am really tired right now, to be honest with you. I know people keep bringing up, well, they look at the matchups. They look at the potential matchups. They're doing prognostication. They're doing this. They're doing that. Why are they doing that? Why should they be doing that? I don't understand why they're doing that. There were games played on the field, and they're not judging off of that. Florida State, I don't care. I know that Florida State is not as good as Alabama right now. I understand that. I, I get it. I know Florida State will probably go into that game against Georgia and get crushed. It doesn't matter. Did they deserve to be in the playoff? They absolutely did, and they got royally screwed. Nothing will change my mind that they didn't get screwed. Yeah, I don't... Um, it's amazing to me that a team in a Power 5 conference who played two non-conference games against SEC opponents can go, by the way, one on the road, one true road, one neutral site, so not even either one of them at home, two away games against SEC opponents in their non-conference um, can get left out of the playoff. I don't, if that isn't worthy of getting into the playoff, then what, what are we doing? What are we What are we playing a season for? That basically is saying that Florida State at the beginning of the year, done. You guys had no chance. You You aren't getting into the playoff. Um, I just don't. I don't comprehend that. Uh, for two one loss teams to get in over them, just really doesn't make a lot of sense. And I feel for Mike Norvell and that team. And when you got Jordan Travis coming out and saying, I "Wish I'd have broke my leg earlier." Um, I, I just don't. I don't understand it. I, I, that one's that one's tough for me to to see how you can tell a team that did what they did. All, I mean, I, they can't change their schedule midseason. They can't change their conference midseason and get different opponents from the conference so they can play a better schedule. Like they beat everybody. And the thing is, I don't. First of all, to beat Louisville, who is a what they end up in the final rankings, what 15, 16 or whatever. But you're beating a team with your third-string quarterback, a true freshman third-string quarterback who had thrown four passes. Away. And you know he didn't do anything. Like he, it was. But like the ability that your team is good enough to overcome that and still beat a top 15 team in a conference championship game with that situation at quarterback says a lot about your team. Like it, it says how good you are. And. And the people are like, well, they only threw 50. This isn't the quarterback that they'll be playing in the in a bowl game or in a playoff. Rodemaker will be out of concussion protocol by then. I'm pretty sure in the next month he'll recover. He was, he was questionable for this game. So, and the other thing that I don't like about the really one of the other things I don't like about this is I hate the secrecy about injuries and the way college football coaches are about injuries and all this other stuff. And we got to act like it's a national, you know, CIA involved to try and figure out what injuries are. Well, this proves that and now Travis was an obvious one because it was so severe on the field. But if you've got a guy that's hurt 
and may or may not you you could know he's has no chance of playing the rest of the season. You should tell nobody. That's what you, Danny Cannell said on, you, on, you on Twitter. You should not disclose a single thing about an injury because they're going they can penalize you for it and it could cost you a spot in the playoffs because your guy is hurt. There are so many things that is wrong about this. There are so many things. First of all, they don't consider defense. Defense, I guess, does not matter. They limited Louisville, the 14th ranked team in the nation, when they played them the other night, to six total points. Six total points. They still won by double figures. Okay, so they didn't score 40. This is a, an interesting tweet from Randy Scott from ESPN. And he's playing committee in Florida State. Committee, you should schedule tough non-conference games. FSU, we beat LSU in Florida. Florida in the swamp, by the way. Committee, you should really be a Power 5 conference champion. FSU, we won the ACC. And again, it is the ACC, right? It is a Power 5 conference here. They're treating Florida State like Liberty. And actually, they gave Liberty more of the benefit of the doubt. Committee, you should be undefeated. Florida State, we're 13-0. I mean, they, they hit every criteria that they could. They got a player who's injured. They're pulling out a crystal ball, and they're just assuming this, assuming that. Who knows if any of these semifinals will be close? They usually are not close. Blake Topmeyer, who joins us every other Tuesday, will be on tomorrow, wrote exactly what I tweeted about. And I wasn't doing this tongue-in-cheek. Greg Sankey is the most powerful person in college football, maybe in all the sports, if you look at the power he has. The combination of Greg Sankey coming out and saying it would be ludicrous or whatever he said about not having an SEC school. Greg Sankey, Nick Saban with what he said, and the power of Alabama. They would have put Georgia in if they could, but they, they really couldn't. But they were putting an SEC team in. No matter what, they were putting an SEC team in. And Topmeyer writes about it. He says, the playoff committee serves at the pleasure of Greg Sankey. The SEC boss is college football's ruler. There were only ever three spots available in this tournament. One was reserved for Sankey and his designation. And that is the truth. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. They, They bow to this guy. And yes, I understand. People are going to say, well, Alabama makes for a better matchup against Michigan. Look how well they're playing. I understand that. But what are we doing here? We're pulling out a crystal ball and just assuming what the great matchups would be. They don't do that in any other sport. The, listen, I had said it before, like, I, it would be weird not to have the SEC in this playoff because of the way they have dominated the playoff through the years. But, strange things can happen and in this situation to me they should have been left out like that they just it it is what it is there were four other teams that did more in my opinion to get into the playoff and to and the other thing like the people that argue about you know for alabama and how much greater they, they just they completely ignore the auburn game like ah well, yeah but i mean it's a big rivalry game. Those games are so hard to win. Well, you know what Florida State did? They went and won a big rivalry game on the road with the backup quarterback, who is going to be the one playing in the playoff for them. Uh, it, it just... Right. Know, it, they, it just, they ignore what they want to ignore, it, and, they, and they... And the thing is, it's tough for you know people 
that want to say there is not any sort of conspiracy in these cases. When, when for instance, ESPN has a massive, massive investment in the uh, SEC starting next year, uh, taking over, the, basically taking over everything. But they've always had a big investment, but now it's even a bigger investment in the SEC. Um, you know, the and ESPN carries the playoffs, everything else. Like, it's hard to not believe there is some sort of thing when, again, a team and a Power 5 conference goes undefeated with two Power 5 opponents in their non-conference. What more could Florida State have done scheduling-wise? You can't do more scheduling-wise. So literally, you basically, it was set that no matter what Florida State did this year, they were not going to make the playoffs simply because their quarterback got hurt in a game. I, I just don't, I don't see why you penalize that much for an injury. Like it's just, I don't know. I, it's, I mean, that poor guy has to have an inferiority complex with the statement that he made that you alluded to earlier. It is absolutely ridiculous. Well, I mean, you know, I, and they're getting back a quarterback you're, you're, who is actually pretty good. You're literally, like, you have been told that, hey, dude, you're breaking your leg. Yep, cost your team the playoff. Right, <laughs> right. You just cost the team the playoff. It, it's, and... And what Mike Norvell said, like... I'm going to read that. So are you not supposed to play guy? Like, you know, that was a, a game against North Alabama. They didn't have to play Jordan Travis at all, but they do. Like, so are you... Now, do you, in these games, do you have to sit somebody because, God forbid, they get hurt, and now you can't go to the playoff? Like, I don't know. It, it just... To me, it sends all kinds of wrong messages here. I mean, it... Oh, hell yeah. To, in the end, to me, it's very simple for the committee is if you just come out and say, listen... The Power Five conference team, they beat two SEC teams in their non-conference. They went undefeated, injury or not. And again, and the thing we don't we they've had one game to judge what the Florida State team is that would actually be playing in the playoff, and that's with Rodemaker at quarterback. They have one game to judge them by. That was a win in a big rivalry game, hostile environment on the road, mm-hmm. and they won the game. The same weekend that Alabama struggled mightily and took a miracle to beat an Auburn team that went 6 and 6. So the, I don't understand why you could just all of a sudden say Alabama is so much better than Florida State. Right. This isn't a discussion between an unbeaten Alabama and an unbeaten Florida State. Where I would say, "Okay, I understand why you're taking Alabama." But again, this is well, we think Alabama matches up better. We think they'll give Michigan a better game. This is all pulling out your crystal ball crap. You got to go with what has been determined on the field. This is Florida State in the ACC. Again, this isn't a group of five team trying to get in the way UCF was was handled years ago. This is ridiculous. Here's what Norvell had to say. I am disgusted and infuriated with the committee's decision today to have what was earned on the field taken away because a small group of people decided they knew better than the results of the games. What is the point of playing games? Do you tell players it is okay to quit if someone goes down? Do you not play a senior on senior day for fear of injury? Where is the motivation to schedule challenging non-conference games? We are not only an undefeated P5 conference champion, but we also played two P5 non-conference games away from home and won both of them. I don't understand how we are supposed to think this is an acceptable way to evaluate a team. I'm hurting for our players who have displayed a tremendous amount of resilience and response this season. What happened today goes against everything that is true and right in college football. A team that overcame tremendous adversity and found a way to win doing whatever it took on the field was cheated today. 
today. It's a sad day for college football on and on. The AD, Mike Alford, what he had to say, and maybe if we have time, I'll get to that a little bit later on. That that should be on a, a, a wall somewhere. Absolutely, absolutely tremendous. I understand there were five legitimate teams and a few others that weren't too shabby that were fighting for four spots. But it doesn't make sense when you go against precedent. Last year, last year they didn't go with the best team, at least in their crystal ball, or they wouldn't have put TCU in there. TCU earned their way in there. They put them in there. It's inconsistent. The only thing I could see, and I'm sorry, again, I will argue against everybody that says, well, wait till Georgia plays Florida State, and they're going to clobber. It doesn't even matter. Nobody even cares now about that bowl game. They don't care. Florida State's got to be so disappointed. They can't get up for that game. And Georgia thinks they should have gotten in. And they had their opportunity. And you can even argue that one. But the argument really came down to Florida State and Alabama. And Florida State was an undefeated conference champion team. And it's a bunch of BS. I'm sorry. All right. When we come back, if you want to chime in, love to hear from you. 360-8255. You can call in. You can text it. 901 360 8255. Lawn Solutions is a locally owned weed control fertilization company that serves the greater Memphis area. Brandon Holly, the owner of this company, is a great guy and he's got a team of professionals ready to take care of your lawn today. Just give him a call at 901-867-5626 or go online to lawnsolutionsinc.net. Locally owned, family operated. They kill those weeds. They get you ready for spring. When spring is sprung, beautiful grass, you don't want those weeds. And what they do is they take care of that all year long. Right now, they're controlling the germination of weeds by applying what they call pre-emergence. And they do that during the spring and summer with post-emergence. So when, again, spring is sprung, the grass starts, to, the trees are blooming, everything, the flowers, everything looks nice. Your lawn is not full of weeds because they've already done the treatment. They can take care of any disease your lawn has or any insect infestation. So give them a call today, 901-867-5626 or go online to lawnsolutionsinc.net. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Add a little fun to your lunch break. Join Johnny Radio for Sports 56 Happy Hour from 11 to 1 every weekday on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again are Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Everybody's This hour is a day brought to you by East Memphis Saints Hardware, corner of White Station and Quint is where you'll find them. Great Christmas gift ideas all over the place. If you've got uh, things you need to get done around the house for the holidays, they certainly got that. Decorations and all those things, too. They've got those for you at East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of White Station and Quince. They also have a great staff over there to help you find whatever it is that you are looking for. They can help you. And if you, for whatever reason, don't have maybe something exactly what you're looking for in store, they can get it for you very, very quickly. Check them out. East Memphis Ace Hardware, corner of White Station and Quince. All right, let's go to the Sports 56 listener lines mike has dialed in hello mike how are you hey well how can you yankees say that the southeastern conference doesn't deserve a team in those playoffs <laughs> just like you'd probably tell me that the north won the civil war <laughs> and we're not having any of that <laughs> very hey, good uh, mike <laughs> one thing if, if you check out 
what conferences these four teams are going to, mm-hmm. they'll tell you what's coming. It's the P2, baby. I saw that. And You're you right. better bring long green and television sets to stay. Thank you, Mike. Good call. Listen, I I mean, Florida State, I'm maybe today or yesterday started looking to get how to get a grant of rights to the ACC because it's a, you know, what if this is what you get for going undefeated and winning the ACC then you've got to get out of the ACC like there's a, it does you no good to be there Michigan versus Alabama in the Rose Bowl that is Big Ten versus SEC and then you look at the Sugar Bowl you got Washington moving into the Big Ten versus Texas moving into the SEC so really in essence two SECs two Big Tens Kenny is next hi Kenny. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. You know, uh, growing up in the Seth, I always looked at sports as kind of the way where people can come together and you can cheer for the same team, cheer for different teams, and afterwards, you know, it, at least it was settled on the field or on the court. It was <laughs> not going to be a political decision. That's what sports has turned into, man. We, we are eye test. The eye test doesn't mean anything in sports. The game has to be played. How many times can you think of games where we knew, oh, so-and-so is going to beat the crap out of so-and-so, and and then the other team wins? And that's all based on the eye test. I feel sorry for Mike Norvell and these players. Some of these guys are seniors. This is it for their college careers. They're going to have to live with this, that we did everything that an athlete can do, Mm -hmm. and yet we were denied. And it's historic because it's never happened before where a Power 5 team goes undefeated. And they beat two teams from the so-called Power Conference, the SEC. Yeah, Power Doing Five undefeated conference champion never has happened. And still, it's not enough. It's not enough. And your previous caller hit it. We're down to two conferences. This is why Florida State. I understand why the president and I, they they saw this coming. Mm-hmm. You better get into the SEC or the Big Ten. Even with twelve schools, those two conferences will probably put ten teams in them, and then they'll pick two from somewhere else. Trust me. This is about money. Thank it's you, Kenny. Appreciate it. Good call. We're up to what? 16 now after, uh, next year? There'll be 16 in the Big Ten and 16 in the SEC, correct? Mm-hmm. On the way to 20. Well, if By you, the way, if you just look at what the way the rankings ended this year, mm-hmm. if you were if it was a 12-team playoff, based on the new conferences, you would have had, let's see, one, two, three, four, Five Big Tens, and you would have had one, two, three, four, five SECs. Yeah. You would have had, the only things you would have had would have been Florida State and Liberty would have been the only two non-SEC or Big Ten. And then right (laughs) behind arguing arguing to get in, who was it? Who was right behind? Well, that would be Oklahoma. Again, would be the next would be the one first one left out. That Going LSU, to the SEC, LSU would be right behind them in the SEC. Yeah, it's crazy. By the way, I, I agree with everything he said, with the exception of it's not just sports because I mean it's not it's not all sports. College football, NCAA tournament is we we get a winner on the court. They play it out. There's a 68 team field. We have. NBA playoffs, we have NFL playoffs, we have NHL playoffs, we have Major League Baseball playoffs. It's determined on the field, on the court, on the ice. But in college football, while yes, technically now with a playoff, we determine it on the field, but to get to that point, it's all political. Greg is next. Hi, Greg. Greg, you there? Hey, guys. Hey. Yeah, I'm here. 
Hey, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Like, I'm, I'm going to keep this short. First of all, I'd like to say my heart goes out to Mike Novell, man. I am really hurt for this guy. I've been pulling for him all year. I've been pulling for him ever since he went to Florida State. First, I thought it was the worst job for him to take, but he's done miraculous things at Florida State, and they don't deserve this. But just like Kirby Smart said, the committee told him that it wasn't the four most deserving teams. It was the four best teams. And as sad as that statement is, it's somewhat true. Without that quarterback, they was not one of the four most one of the four best teams in America. Well, let me ask you this, Greg. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, though. Don't you think Georgia is still one of the four best teams? Yeah, I think okay. Florida, okay. Uh, Georgia is one of the four best teams. But, but, by Alabama beating. Yeah, beating. they beat them. And Florida State beat everybody. That's the point. That's the well, point. Look at it like this. Why is Texas there? Texas beat Alabama because if they were putting Alabama in, they absolutely had to put Texas in. Look, it's all exactly. politics, right? They knew that. Well, yeah, it's the four best teams, and Georgia is one of the four. Kirby Spock has a crack. I don't, know, I don't know right now if I don't think Ohio State could beat Washington, Ohio State could win a rematch with Michigan. I, maybe, maybe I do. Maybe I think Georgia would be one of the top four. In fact, I actually do. But I can't put them in there because I have to put the four most deserving. I can't put the four who I think is best. There's 13 people behind those closed doors deciding who they think is the best. And that's what Norvell said. That we did it on the, on the field, for goodness sakes, and were denied. So, well, Nick. Next year should fix that. I know you don't want to hear that. <laughs> well, thank you, Greg. Appreciate it. The thing is, and that's like, so, if, and if they think Alabama is better than Florida State because Florida State is such a drop off without Georgia Travis, then why is Florida State still ranked ahead of Georgia and Ohio State? Like, you don't think those two teams are better than the Florida right. State? Right. You think Florida State? You think Alabama's just better than them, but those other teams aren't? Well, that, 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 no, no, that doesn't make sense. Or, do you, or does after the top four, it stops being the four best, then from five on becomes the best deserving, most deserving? I, who, I don't who know. If you think they're worse than Alabama, they're worse than Georgia. Who thinks when, who, who do you guys think wins a game between SMU and Liberty? Now, I'm not saying Liberty can't win, but SMU would be the favorite. SMU finished behind Liberty, which I have no problem. Liberty went 13-0. They had the worst strength of schedule of every team in the FBS. The worst. But they went 13-0. They gave it to Liberty. They're in the Fiesta Bowl. They didn't pop SMU ahead, even though SMU went into New Orleans and beat Tulane. They didn't do it. Because Liberty went undefeated. And if SMU had one loss, maybe they get the nod. But they didn't have one loss. So they gave it to them because of what they did on the field. But they changed their minds when it came to Florida State, just like it was different last year with TCU. Uh, Drew Texan says, if Mike Norvell was going to go undefeated and be left out of the playoff, he could have stayed here. <laughs> that is that is true. He's a lot richer, but... Uh, Patrick uh, texts in, says, honest question, if the season had played out exactly the same across the board, except Dion was the Florida State coach, would they have gotten in? Yes, uh, I would. I think they probably would have because of the stories, because of the the the, the heightened uh, p- 
publicity, because of the ratings, it's, it's good because of the money. Yes, it, it's I, all I, political. I, all I right. think that's that. I think you are probably correct, Patrick. In in your assume you believe that he they would have gotten in, and I would say. You are probably correct on that, that because of that name, the idea that it's great television, great stories, all that stuff. Um, yes, they probably do get it. Uh, David says, we'll never get full transparency, but at least be consistent. Florida State deserved that spot, even though right now they aren't one of the four best teams. You want to tell me Georgia isn't one of the four best teams? Right. Yes, they blew the opportunity, but to have them in as number one, and they lose by three on a neutral site to Alabama, and they drop to six? There's holes in every argument. You might as well take 13 dudes from those big castles out in Las Vegas that make the odds for games and put those 13 people in a room as opposed to the 13 they have in there now. Because that's what it is. They're looking at what the odds would be for certain matchups, and they're trying to put the best matchups together. That's what they're trying to do. See, my other question to it, if Rodemaker had been able to play and they beat Louisville by 20 and he throws for 250 yards and three touchdowns, do they get in? Right, that's the that's like, the discussion. That's so stupid, because but you're right. That's part I mean, of the they're discussion. Judging, like, it's, everybody's judging Florida State by this the performance against Louisville that their offense didn't do anything. But that's not their quarterback for the playoff. Right. It's a different quarterback for the playoff. Well, it would be like if Jordan Travis was re- not it's not the same thing, but like if Jordan Travis if they had said if it wasn't as serious an injury and there was the whole thing was Jordan Travis, we expect him to be back for the playoff. Do they get in? Right, right. That's like, you're right. you're saying like well that's why Canal tweeted no, out said we should hey, have the injury. Believe, we're gonna believe that He's not going to be good enough to play, so we're hey, going to still leave you out. You think it's bad right now with transparency as far as coaches are concerned with injuries? Wait till next year after what happened to Florida State. And oh, by the way, J.J. McCarthy didn't throw for anything against Iowa. I know Iowa's got a really good defense, and I know Michigan deserves to be in. They're an undefeated conference champion. How about that? And they're in. They deserve to be in. But they didn't do anything offensively. They were able to get a touchdown off a punt return. They got them in great field position. They recovered a fumble. Iowa played their normal great defense. And if they had any semblance of offense, maybe it would have been a close game. But they're not penalized for that. Just like you said, Alabama wasn't penalized for having to convert a fourth and goal from the 31 to beat Auburn. An Auburn team that the week prior... Got beat at, beat by what? Three touchdowns by New Mexico State? There's no rhyme or reason. I, I want to play this clip. This is the great, late, great Mike Leach. From when was it, Zach? How 2017. long ago? 2017. This is him talking about the college football playoff committee. You know, we're American. We love committees. Let's get us a committee. Well, who should be on the committee? Well, I don't know. This guy's a good guy. Let's have him on the committee. Well, I mean, there's people on the committee that don't even have remote associations with football, nor have they at any level other than being a fan. But you know what? Let's have them on a committee. Why not? And then we'll decide which four teams should go. Because you know why? We don't need to solve this on the field. Because we're the ones that know. And then, um, um, so, I mean, you know, if we're going to do it that way, we should just ask them at the beginning of the season, you know, just go ahead and you guys vote on it, figure out one, two, three, and four, and why, why even have the games? I mean, how can you, how can you call it a playoff when, when there's four teams? Uh, conference champions don't even necessarily make the playoffs because you know why? Because the committee knew better. 
What a prophet, first of all, as it came to fruition finally here in 2023. But he's right. Might as well go ahead and figure out who the four best are at the beginning of the year and just stay with that. I mean, when Florida State took the field Saturday night, they had no. They were done. They were playing dead. They were playing dead. They had no chance, according to the committee. I, again, I don't. Maybe if they beat if they beat Louisville fifty to nothing and Brock Glenn goes crazy, even though again he's not going to be the one playing in the playoff. Does that get him in? I, it just oh, doesn't. By the way, by the I way, mean, they took the field for a conference championship game with an undefeated record. Having the ACC was done, they they had no chance. There was you guys are not in the playoff, no matter what you do tonight. But hey, have fun playing your football game. They've already screwed with the head of Jordan Travis, who, by the way, put together an eloquent response on on Twitter. Unbelievable, this young man, right? You already give him an inferiority complex. How about Brock Glenn? Like Brock Glenn, if he puts together a big game throwing. Passes all over the place in his first ever collegiate start. Maybe they get the call. You know what? I don't think they do. You know why? Goes back to what I said at the beginning. It's the SEC. It's Greg Sankey, the most powerful man in collegiate sports. They were not being denied. Let me squeeze in one more call before the break. Mean Gene, how are you, my friend? Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. Uh, it's, it's a travesty for Florida State. And, uh, man, just and for Georgia, for Georgia to, to be dominating – last two years and come back and lose one game in the SEC championship and not <laughs> have an opportunity to play for a title, that's, that's crazy. So, in my opinion, no one ever beat, no one ever beat them for the championship. They don't, no one ever beat them. They, they, they should be able to play defend that national title. And, and another thing, it should be Texas and Alabama playing instead of uh, Michigan playing uh, Alabama. I think that's a Jim Harbaugh thing that they're trying to stick it to him as well. But don't worry about it. Michigan going to take care of business. I guarantee you that. Thank you, Gene. Appreciate it, my friend. We'll see. Uh, real quick note, Ohio State will not have Kyle McCord back. He has hit the transfer portal. Today's the official opening of the portal, and it's going to be absolutely chaotic. Yeah, I, I would guess that. Just about every quarterback in America that has eligibility left will will go through the portal in some way. They may come back out where they are. They may stay where they are. But again, you've you pretty much owe it to yourself to see what is out there, money wise. We will continue this conversation. More of your calls and texts. This is Sports Fifty Six Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports Fifty Six and ninety eight five FM. You already know you can listen to Sports 56 anywhere with the Sports 56 app or at sports56whbq.com. But you can also watch us daily with live video of all of our shows on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by East Memphis Ace Hardware at the corner of White Station and Quince. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. I got a little change in my pocket going jingle. I guess it's only appropriate that the University of Memphis is playing in that final game before the renovations begin as they have been selected to play in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl game, a rematch of the 2017 game against Iowa State. And again, the presumption is that pretty much right after that game, maybe not that second, but soon after, the renovations will begin at Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium and Memphis gets to play in that final game. Uh, Raider Corey texts in says, I don't want to hear about scheduling non uh, out-of-conference games anymore. I'm sure the next year that the 12th team will get passed over for an SEC team. And I'm sick of looking at a miserable-looking Saban. Such a travesty. 
Yeah, get before the state really played a dumb schedule. I mean, you, to play two SEC team games, SEC games in your non-conference is really dumb because in theory, the whole thing is to go undefeated. Like you want to make sure you're undefeated because the thought was you go undefeated, you're getting in in a Power Five conference. Now that's been proved wrong, but they actually played the schedule with the you know they're, you're only going to play Florida. They throw in LSU in the neutral site game. They win that one as well. It's dumb if they lose, but they and, won. And, and now it ends up still not paying off for right. them, even with those two games of the non-conference. Basically, you know, playing eleven or ten Power Five conference opponents and going undefeated isn't enough. They may want to take Memphis off that schedule next year because you don't want to get that L early. You got no chance if that happens. Joe is dialed in at three six zero eight two five five. Hey, Joe. Hey, guys. Um, something I just thought about. Um, one, FSU gets screwed. Um, I think it has to be about resume because here's what they could have done. And Mike Norvell is way too classy for this. You know, they could have had Jordan out there sitting, not wearing, you know, big sweat, baggy sweatpants. Said, you know what? Jordan and Travis expected to make a full recovery by mid-December. Right, could have lied. And, and that would have prevented the committee from trying to use that as reasoning. And now, because you've done this and set a precedent, you've incentivized teams to lie about injury extent going forward. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they could have, you know, after the committee rankings or in mid-December said, you know what, he suffered a setback. Looks like he's not going to be available. Um, I mean, obviously, there's there's some parallels here to what happened, I guess it was 23 years ago at the Pyramid when Kenyon Martin went down. If I remember right... Mm -hmm. They got dropped to like a two seed. Now, it's a lot different yeah. in college basketball, but if college basketball back then had a CFP, it would have been, you know, equivalent. It would have been interesting to see what they would have done with Cincinnati back in 2000. Because obviously they went from being a team that I think likely would have won a national championship to, I mean, it's been a long time. I want to say Bill Self and Tulsa nipped them in the second round or something like that. Like, they were not the same team. Right, but but, it, but at least there's 64 teams, and you still get in the field, and you get a chance to play. Whereas Florida right, State doesn't right. get a chance. But you, yeah, I mean they went out and hammered LSU and Alabama, struggled with them. Like the games you played have to matter, and then you just deal with it later. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, thanks, guys. Thank you, Joe. I mean you're right on. Well, the thing, and and again, and that's why I said to start show like this. You could certainly this this encourages even more secrecy from college coaches, which we don't need as far as injuries are concerned. Now the Jordan Travis injury is different because like everybody saw it and everybody knew that dude like he wasn't playing again this season because it was a grotesque injury. But what if so if if Jalen Milrow had suffered an ankle injury in this game, but it wasn't that serious, we do but we didn't know. Like, you just don't know. It happens the day before you have to make these decisions, and you don't have any report on the injury. Mm-hmm. How are you determining those those things? You're like, you're just going in there and assuming he can play? Or are you assuming he can't play? Like, I, it, it just, that's, I, bringing the injury equation into it, I think, is going an awful long way. Again, because it's a slippery slope. That's what it is. One game to judge well next year. The quarterback they would be yeah. playing in the playoff game. Yeah. And that was a win on the road in a rivalry game. I I don't I should I wouldn't be holding that against them that much. Yes, I agree. is Jordan Travis a great player? Is he better than Rodemaker? Yes, all those things are true. But yet, when Rodemaker played, they won the one game on the road at an SEC opponent. FSU AD Mike Alford he eviscerated the committee with a scathing statement on X. I'm going to read some of it. 
The consequences of giving into a narrative of the moment are destructive, far-reaching, and permanent, not just for Florida State, but college football as a whole. The argument of whether a team is the most deserving or best is a false equivalence. It renders the season up to yesterday irrelevant and significantly damages the legitimacy of the college football playoff. The 2023 Florida State Seminoles are the epitome of a total team. To eliminate them from a chance to compete for a national championship is an unwarranted injustice that shows complete disregard and disrespect for their performance and accomplishments. It is unforgivable. It goes on and on and on. It is fantastic. It is absolutely... And you know what? Greg Sankey's probably laughing in his office right now and sitting behind his desk. And Nick Saban, hey, it is what it is. Remember when Jalen Milrow was benched earlier in the season? I give him a lot of credit to be able to do what he did as Alabama went into Atlanta and, and beat Georgia. And I can understand. I can understand Georgia saying, hey, come on. We lost one game in three years, and we're not in the 14 playoff. Even Ohio State, which wasn't even in the conversation, lost one game Close game in the big house. Somebody had to be left out, but all those teams had something in common. Right after Georgia lost, they all had something in common. Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, they all lost. Got some uh, more texts to get to. If you want to chime in, you can. 901-360-8255. 901-360-8255. The Sports 56 listener line. Also, when we come back, should the Memphis Tigers be the favorite to win the American Conference next season? With everything that transpired, you may have missed some of it over the weekend. We'll get into that as well. Town Village, Audubon Park, 950 Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue. Is senior living in today's world? All they ask is that you're 55 years of age or older, offering more options to fit your needs more than ever before. They are dedicated to the long-term satisfaction and the quality of life for their residents. Give them a call. Set up a tour at 901-537-0002 or go online to townvillageaudubonpark.com. Independent living, short-term respite stay available, monthly options as well. Everything you need to continue to enjoy life to its fullest. Basic services include monthly rental with no buy-in. Apartments include full kitchen, washer, and dryer. All-inclusive resort-style dining with multiple venues. Outpatient therapy. A community social area, which includes fitness center, home theater, game rooms, indoor pool, whirlpool, bistro, on and on and on. It's Town Village, Audubon Park. For your future, for the future of a loved one, 950 Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue in the heart of East Memphis, 901 Five three seven zero 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 two, or look them up online at townvillageaudubonpark.com. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM.